Hey guys, I'm Nick. And I'm Eugene. Oh, welcome to Papercut. This week, The Man in the High Castle by Philip K. Dick, 1962. And before you guys get too excited, no, this is not about some drug-addicted kingpin. This is actually a book about Germany and Japan were winning World War II, so, you know, if you read this book, you might fancy yourself to be high. But yeah, um... Oh, what, what more can I say? It's basically just a fantasy by Philip K. Dick, uh, written in alternate history, parallel universe-esque manner about how the world, how he envisions the world to be, had the war gone the other way. And Nick, it is quite an interesting book, and the setting is quite mind-blowing. Not to say it's... Uh, well, creative, because a lot of people have done it. But I think mm. the way he's written about it is a very uh, is a very creative way. So I, I think just to colour the context a bit more, so Germany and Japan won, and because most of the book takes place in the States, in the mm. United States. Yeah. In the United States, it's split into three areas. So you have the, the Pacific uh, West side of America, yeah. which is controlled by Japan, you have the east side of America, which is controlled by Germany. And in the middle, there's no man's land, where no, it's a neutral zone, no one controls it. And that's meant to be a buffer between Japan and Germany. So, and I also think you missed the best part about the entire about this world, by the way, Eugene. So in this world, who is the man in the high castle? The man in the high castle writes this book called The Grasshopper Lies Heavy, which... You know, he tells the story of what if the Allies won the war in their universe? Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah. And so, and so, it gets really meta here, as because in our world, like Dick is doing the exact same thing as what the as what the man in the high castle is doing. He is the man in the high castle. See, that's what exactly what he's trying he's to. He's telling us that he got a stash in his house that we should go and visit him right now. Mind blown. Indeed, indeed. So, Eugene, what was your main takeaway from this book? You know what? It's really weird because the way it book structured is kind of like an uh, it's like an anthology series of like five different story arcs intertwined with each other. So it's kind of hard to do a main idea extract as we would normally in the other books that we had. But I think like in terms of the worldview of the story, there's still it's still quite interesting to see how. It basically just pans out the same way as the U.S. and the Soviet Union did. Mm. It's just Japan and Germany. It's just it's just kind of the same, you know. The Germans are still being Germans, <laughs> you know. They're, they're ruthless, they're efficient, right? And the Japanese are well, still Japanese, and they're like mm. quite cunning and uh, evasive about stuff. So, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, even though it's a it is a parallel history, it mirrors our world in quite a lot of scary ways so what happens right like after the war japan was purely americanized and germany was split into four zones of control and like the cold war happened between the states and uh, yeah. the ussr and in this book you see something really similar like you know america split into two africa is more or less well decimated yeah. asia goes to japan some parts go to italy some parts go to germany you see the world being carved up into these zones of control and it's quite interesting to see um, how it all happens as well, because even in this book, like the two major superpowers are now Germany and Japan, and they both have nukes, 
And guess what? They're not friendly with each other at mm. all. And so you see them heading into some sort of hot or cold war involving nukes as well. So with all this in mind, it just becomes a lot more the parallels you can draw between our years. And uh, also, also, funny, race relations are very different in this other world. Oh, yeah. So since the Japanese one, Japanese people are seen as the superior like species or superior people. And same with um, same with the Aryan race in Germany. So the concept of white privilege is what I'm saying is exclusively a German thing in this world, you know? Yeah, just blame the Germans, man. <laughs> just blame the Germans. But otherwise, uh, this book follows the lives of five people as they live in this setting. And I think the main thing I would take away is it's the setting that sort of makes these stories. So these are very human people just trying to live their lives. They don't do anything out of the ordinary. They don't topple any governments. Uh, they just try to live their lives. And I think it doesn't need any grand narrative or anything like that. And if I was, personally, if I was to label a theme to this, it would just be like, you know, life goes on. It's yeah, as cliche much. as it sounds, like, no matter who wins in the war, life goes on. Doesn't matter if what uh, Mark Anthony or, or Octavius wins, life goes on. And it's a boring one. I'm not going to romanticize it any more than it needs to be. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, the book itself isn't particularly keen on delivering a key message. I think within those five different stories, I think I I read somewhere that, you know, they, they still have their individual character development. So the last that you hear of those individual five characters, you see them making a certain achievement mm. that they you know, you wouldn't see them doing at the start of the book. So this is kind of like, this is really just a slice of life, like literally slices of life yeah. within, you know, this world, which just happens to be one where the Axis won. There's a lot to say about it because you're not trying, it's not like, you know, Star Wars where you're trying to topple a government. It's not like Wolfenstein where there's a constant resistance and it's just evil all around every nook and cranny. And so... I guess with that, let's go to our ratings. Um, I think we gave this book a 6 out of 10. Yeah, 6 out of 10. Because I, I give it a 6 because, you know, as, as, as I was saying, just it just didn't have, like, a key message. And, you know, sure, sure, the ending, like, the ending will have an effect on you because it, 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 is, it is a bit out of the blue, I would say. Yeah. Like, that's as much as I can say about it. But... Other than that, like, the book itself overall isn't really that easy to read. I feel like it's just, like, it's just his writing style isn't really that to my taste yet. I do find it quite hard to follow at points, but yeah. No, gotcha. I, I think I agree with that as well. And I also gave this a 6 out of 10, which aggregated to a, a 6 out of 10. I agree, some parts were very difficult to read, and I think at the end of the day, you read the book for its setting. Because I think you read it because it's a great concept. Mm. However, like the execution is probably wouldn't be my number one. And um, if you've watched the Amazon Prime series, I'm not a big fan of the Amazon Prime series myself, but I will say that there are some very interesting character developments in the series. Um, for example, in this book, like there's no, there, there there's no uh, Nazi high commander. Whereas in the series, the Nazi command high commander plays like 
is one of the sort of anti-heroes protagonist antagonist characters okay um so i haven't I, watched i haven't watched the series so i i, I haven't watched it that much either so i would say I don't know if I would recommend this to everyone. To, if I'm being very honest, no, I, I, I think I think like if you have an interest, and by all means read it, because I feel like this is one of those like sci-fi readers one hundred and one books. So, it is. Yeah. It really is, and it's Philip K. Dick as well, which who wrote "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep," mm. uh, which, for those of you who don't know, is the inspiration for Blade Runner. I guess if you're a sci-fi nut, go crazy on this one. If you like what we do, follow us on Spotify or in any of your other preferred streaming sites. If you want to leave us a comment or let us know what you think, you can email us at papercut.cast at gmail.com or Instagram at papercut.cast, no caps, or Twitter at papercutpodcast, one word, no caps. Look forward to seeing you guys next week for another episode. Until then, I'm Nick and I'm Eugene. Peace out.